rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 8, 12 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. I know that we're two minutes after where we were yesterday. I digress. But I want to say that's because we're, we got a good interview today. So we had to take a little bit more time to get this uh, percolating. It's time for the percolating. It's time for the percolating. We got our brother, our friend, Diesel. Hey, Curtis. How's it going? All right. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, my brother. Got my co-host Christine. Good hey, morning. Christine. Hunter. Jay Vizzle. We are good morning, Aurora. Jay Vizzle's typing. That's why he didn't say anything, you guys. There He's you here. He's, He's here with us. Um, so let's do some updates for the city and get the news out of the way. Uh the weather is a cool, breezy sweatery-ish. You can do a turtleneck today. You can do that. So if you've been having the fall gear ready, you might be able to pull it off today. It's kind of chilly out there. In there. Yeah, That's exactly. Um, <laughs> now, here are the updates for today. This is Hunger Action Month. Keep in mind. Now, free groceries, pop-up pantry. Pick up your free groceries at the 4th Citywide Pop-up Pantry, Monday, September 14th at 9 a.m., Phillips Park, 1000 Ray Moses Drive, serving 1,200-plus families. No contact distribution, food is placed in your car, no ID necessary, first come, first served. Shouts go out to the City of Aurora and Ward 3, Alderman Ted Messiakos, Northern Illinois Food Bank, the Aurora Food Pantry, for putting that on. And that has been going on since the inception, since COVID started and the pandemic hit in Aurora. So shout out to all of those entities and bodies and everybody involved for doing that. That's a very good thing. We are smashing hunger, uh, hard work, and thanks to the volunteers as well. How has your business adapted in the time of COVID-19? COVID-19 business implications and action surveys. My coffee's warming me up, y'all, so that's why the, you know, kind of jumbly, but bear with your boy. Share your insights today. There's a survey. Now, the survey is brought to us by the Aurora Regional Chamber of Commerce at Invest Aurora, Illinois. We will post the link to that so you guys can take that survey and give your feedback. That's very, very, very important. Downtown Aurora businesses take on Hunger Action Month. All right. The month-long campaign brings awareness to hunger in the community and offers ways for community members to contribute to both Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry and Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry. Aurora artist, or excuse me, Aurora artist Teresa Millie's Fane weaved eight pairs of jeans. That was from yesterday. That rhyme. That was so dope. I'm gonna make a song out of that. Aurora artist Teresa Millie's Fane weaved eight pairs of jeans into a shopping cart for the Aurora Interfaith Food Pantry's Carts for a Cause project. Aurora artist and teacher Grahami Wilkins' cart features Italian glass of all colors of the rainbow. Several businesses in downtown Aurora have also partnered with Marie Wilkins' Food Pantry on special promotions and donations. Altiro Latin Fusion will donate 10% every Monday in September from 3 to 8 p.m. from orders of Al Pablano Tapa and Al Organica cocktail or a fresh squeezed lemonade. Mm, crisp. Gary Brown Art Studio and Gallery, 7 South Broadway, will offer a raffle entry during First Fridays on September 4th and Saturdays, September 5th. Those are already passed for every $5 donation. Prizes will be artwork by Maureen Gassick, Gary Brown, and Karen Dulce. Holla. Gillerson's Grubbery will collect diapers and feminine products for the month of September. La Quinta de los Reyes. Ooh. 
I know y'all loving the Spanish, the R's. Y'all hear the R's. I know you love the R's. Well, donate 10% from Tuesday through Thursday on any fajita plate during the month of September. Chicken fajitas, steak fajitas, veggie fajitas, and combo fajitas all included. McCarty Mills Tap Room will donate 10% of sales of reserved keg from Brother Chimp. Beer of the Month is For the Masses IPA. Shout out to McCarty Mills Tap Room. They just had another awesome after party uh, in conjunction with Visual Arts after the first Friday that Visual Arts yeah, had hosted seem to be at Gallery 1904. Yeah, so they're coming up down there. Shout out to the friends of ours, Alvin, Devin, the whole squad, front to back, McCarty Mills, baby. Treadwell Coffee, shout out to Chad, will feature Marie's Herbal Tea for one month, excuse me, for the month, this month. Society 57 and the Cottonseed Creative Exchange will have donation boxes for Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry during the month as well. For more information, you can visit auroradowntown.org. Shout out to Aurora Downtown and shout out to Marissa. Also, shout out to our friends at Visual Arts, Pobum Society, and Echo with the event that's happening this weekend, uh, Saturday at McCarty Park. We talked to you guys about that. We're going to post that flyer on our Facebook and Instagram today. Uh, shout out to our friends associated with that. Shout out to the Royal Public Library as well. And that is the news. And now. That's some good news. There it you is go. some good news. All we do is good news on this show. There you go. You know we do now. what that news always, Curtis? What? You started out by saying it was a, a month. What'd you call it? Hunger Action Month. Why has it got to be a month? Why, why isn't that just... Why isn't that our norm in a city this size? I mean, I get the fact you got to do something to do some advertising and bring some awareness to things, but seriously, everyone wants to come out Thanksgiving. Hey, let's everybody volunteer and throw some extra turkeys in. You weren't the first person with that idea that day. Mm -hmm. It's the Tuesday in June. Somebody's lost their job. Somebody's got an extra kid at the house, whatever it is. So it just always bothers me when people feel the need to... to do things to highlight something that should be going on every day. Does that make sense? No, yeah. I, and I don't I, want... I, I, the no, businesses yeah. are doing a great thing. Don't get me wrong. That's not where I'm going with that. But what I mean is As that... As a people. As a people. But why isn't there a food donation box out every day of the month? Why isn't that the norm? Interestingly enough, there's a group called Talented Tents that is building hunger boxes. So, yes. Okay. you No, you are, you are right. Uh, things that... People get applause for highlighting on a specific day. The you know the, the right. hunger yeah. action always. Right. It's called ha. Yeah, whatever. Ooh, I like that. There ha. you go. But whatever it is, it should be. And it, you do what you do when you when you do it. Okay. At the end of the day, nobody should be able to obligate you to to donate or think one way about something. But if every grocery store had a bin out every day to throw a can of beans in. Hell's a difference. You're buying 10 cans of corn, buy another can of corn. And just made it easier to do, so to speak. I don't know how you do that. That's not, you know, I'm mm -hmm. an idea guy. But, um, <laughs> I think it's in all the food pantries. Well, right. Yeah. But to make it a, a little bit better flow, I'd helped out at some of them a few times, and they've got a good route and some good things that go on. But, you know, for your average citizen to be able to throw 10 bucks a week in an envelope somewhere, how do we get them to be able to do that? One of the ways we do that is by first learning who you are. So let's uh, let's get into let's get into <laughs> Diesel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, we kind of jumped we're on the, the, yeah. on the oh, we're the viewers and listeners. Diesel feels right at home because you've been with Diesel's the show our brother, for yes. quite a while, even yes. longer than I've been. I, I, part of it. Honestly, before the show was a show. <laughs> before the show was a show. <laughs> you know, so that's, yeah. that's one of the things is is with Curtis getting this whole thing going. So 
So for those who may not know you, why don't you tell everyone who you are, where you're from? I'm uh, Diesel from Aurora, I guess, a uh, local coffee drinker around town and, uh, and things. Um, no, when, uh, I'm going to say about seven or eight years ago, um, some friends of mine from high school had become pretty involved in the new art scene down here and the, the old damn meetings, which have led to the first Fridays and things like that. Um, I'm lucky enough to kind of have a odd job kind of lifestyle these days that allows me to come down and meet some people and, and spend some time down here. And meet a lot of good people and hopefully make some connections for, mm-hmm. you know, people like you, Curtis, mm-hmm. honestly, to get in the hands of some folks. Um, people have always said, how do you get involved in things in your town? You know what I found out? It's just becoming a familiar face. Oh, if you just absolutely. show up at enough events someday, keep your mouth shut, wear a nice suit, all of a sudden people think you're important. <laughs> Sometimes right. that suit can be greasy jeans and a black T-shirt, but, you know. You show up in enough places, and people kind of get the feel for things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a nice town. And I always tell people uh, that we've got a river, first of all. You know, not every town has that. If you grew up in this town, are you guys from the town? Yeah. Okay. You kind of grew up by it, so you don't really appreciate it as much as we should. Charlie, Charlie Zion, you know, he's all over the river. He's, he's a good guy to sit down with. Um We've got theater. Do you want high-end theater? we got that. We've got community theater. Music. If you want to see music, there's always music in Aurora. You know, and mm-hmm. it's usually free. Right. Other businesses supporting things, supporting local artists, the open mic scene, whatever you want to call it, is huge here. Uh, big industrial stores, you want to go to a, a Walmart, we got a Walmart. You want to shop local, you can shop local. It's a nice town. It's a nice place to hang out. You know, so that's kind of what I'm doing down here is not a whole lot of anything, but looking at art and meeting good people, (laughs) (laughs) drinking coffee and talking about horses and stuff. So, all right, you know, the question's coming. Let's hear it. Growing up. Yes. What impact did your mom have on your life? My mom was a mom in the most traditional sense of the word. Um, My dad was a fireman real quick and uh, four kids. Went to St. Joe's School, then Aurora Central. Um, my mother was always sick. Okay, I never truly remember my mother being well. She had a car accident. She had cancer. She had rheumatoid arthritis. She had some other things. Uh, wow. Died when she was 50. So don't make the face, Karen. You asked the question. Oh. You knew this could have been coming. Um, but in any case, she did, in my opinion, what moms did. And she just held the the strong line and dinner was on the table when you got home from school and there was always a snack and helped with the things she could help with and um but a lot of uh i came from a a family that had come off the boat from hungary romania respectively so there was a lot of community There was a lot of food-based things there was a lot of of tight family thing and uh you know she had a huge impact on my life I was a bonus baby, okay? So even that change in her lifestyle, but never, never shook, never shook. Just went on with her day. When she was really sick, she'd be slower. When she was better, she'd be better. And that's it. But I think, I think maybe what you're looking for is the, I grew up in a conventional family, probably mm-hmm. to the truest sense of the, of the word, you know? 
Dad worked, mom didn't, four kids, school, dinner on the table, five o'clock. Dad was a fireman, so, you know, that schedule shifted. Um, just a, a wonderful mom, you know, but again, I was 13 when she passed away, and then 14 when my dad died a year later, so... What That's the it? impact. However, I did get the pleasure of going to the fire museum, great place when it was still a working fire station. And we're talking about Galena and Broadway. Nice. Yeah. Or excuse me, yeah. New York and Broadway. Excuse right, me. right yeah. there. Still a working fire station. Um, you bring with you a lot of history. So our our talks that we've had and there's right been on. there's been millions mm -hmm. hours of us chopping it up. Um I, I I'm gonna circle back around about the Aurora downtown thing, but what what is America to you? Curtis, I'm going to tell you. It is completely different than it was just a few years ago. Okay, I grew up, again, this way. And I kind of raised my son that way because I didn't have another model. So kind of old white Republican Catholic, you know, guns, God, this and that and the other thing. And just enough of if you make some cash, stick it in your pocket because the government's bad, you know. Right. Um, but it's really, really changed, and a lot of that's come from being downtown Aurora and meeting different people and getting to know folks and realizing that this whole thing is is maybe not so bad. Maybe everybody getting along and, and people being nice to everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think that America right now is just a whole bunch of people that got to get along better. I agree. I agree. I mean, no, that's yeah. it. Yeah. And it there's is, nothing. It is actually just that. There's simple. nothing wrong with somebody being patriotic, but when they take that patriotism that we should all have, you were in the in the Navy, right? You got that. You got your American flag outside. But when you start sliding that to a different agenda, it really just kind of skews the whole thing and kind of blows that great American melting pot sure. away. Yeah. You know, now we're making fondue. Now we're dipping and dipping and dipping instead of mixing everything up in some soup. Right. You know. Um, now you mentioned something very interesting I picked up on. Under a bridge started Aurora downtown or something. First Fridays? Under Oh a no, no no dam. Under a, a down, dam. dam downtown what? Aurora Art Mixer. Downtown Aurora Art Mixer. D A A M. Yeah. And the one you really need to talk to about that is Marissa. Because she really got that going at Amore's, which is now Gillerson's Grubbery. Huh. Okay. History. And it was kind of a communal um, thing. Some of the some of the artists that are still very well known in town started on Thursday nights having, you know, drinks down at Amore's. He was really? welcome. Oh yeah, yeah. Gillerson's is a great place, um, but thirty three West Amore's place. Were you here when he was in? He was ahead of his time. He was too much for Aurora. At the time. This is way before me and Aurora. Wow. Right. But if you would have put him um, up now against some of the wonderful restaurants that have come from out of town that we've got going on, they're mm -hmm. doing great things, he would have had a home run. Revolutionary mentality, slow society to get with it. Yeah. It's just the, the market wasn't there. People didn't even understand what he was serving sometimes. The food was so good. Damn. But it was, it was truly true. And he's working in the city, and you'll still see him come out and uh, with his family and hang out with the, the Aurora crowd. And, um, some people that weren't here, you know, everybody, every 14-year-old kid thinks they like uh, invented the electric guitar on his birthday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, come listen to this new Led Zeppelin album, right? right? 
Um, so everybody's time is kind of where they started. Whoever was in charge of public art, for instance, when you came into town, is whoever's in charge will always be in charge in your mind. That bar down the street of that grocery store that you grew up with will always be Chris's grocery store. Facts. It doesn't matter what the sign says. Facts. You know. True. Super so true. everyone kind of has those notches in time where things came around um, to what we have now, which is a wonderful, wonderful scene. I mean, we've got a whole lot of people doing a whole lot of great things with art in this town. We have enough that people are coming to see it. Does that make any sense? No, yes. Oh, it makes total sense. I've said for thousands of years, okay, check that out on the Internet. But um, food is what brings people. And that was one of the biggest things when we got our current administration, and I don't want to get into that side of things, um, but understood that. we got to get food in here. People will come for food. Right. You've got another Rip's Chicken down, what, three hours to drive down there? Right. Or go someplace else for that one perfect pizza. So why wouldn't we think that people are going to come from Naperville and Geneva and other parts of Aurora to, to come for what we've got, you know? Um, there's two towns here for sure. There's probably five or six, but we know, the people sitting in this room know our little, let's just say we go up to maybe maybe North Ave over into the west side. You know, we know our Aurora. We know our right. downtown. Right. We know the, all the same faces. But it's a big town. There's people that live out by the mall. You know, there's people right. that live on the far west side. Those folks down in Plainfield, I don't care what it says on their street sign, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to get them attracted to the other things. So we can't do everything downtown. We need to get people out into some of these other areas. I hated it because I'm a, I'm a purist. But they did the fireworks out there a few times out by Fox Valley because people didn't want to come downtown. Now I think those people would love to be downtown. They just yeah. didn't understand what was going on. Um, hmm. There's just so much to do. We've got real companies. You want to work for a big company? We've got them. You want it, There's nothing that we don't have. You and I, one day, it was hot as hell. We were, we were getting wacky. We were doing our thing. You told me about haunted places in Aurora. There's some pretty haunted places in Aurora. Really? Yeah. And they're not where you'd, where you'd think they'd be. You know, you can always talk about the old uh, ghost towns and stuff. Now, it's very important. I don't even believe this. And you can still see the hair standing up. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, my experience is I grew up in Pigeon Hill, okay, which oddly enough was kind of a derogatory term. Why? For the Romanian and Hungarian people who oh, lived okay. in there as pigeon keepers. Yes. I, but now we've embraced that, that thing. We don't want to get into that. Right. If you go up to, it's now Dictograph. It used to be Churchill Lounge. It was Jackie Dale's. Um, the old driver's license facility, if everyone knows how old we are, was over on, do you know? I never got that. Yeah, okay. There's a great big rock out there. And it's, in, I'm going to use the word Indian. It's the name on there. I'm talking about Native American folks. I don't mean any disrespect, but I, mm-hmm. I'm just going to use that term, okay? We have Indian Trail uh, Road. We have this big rock that was talking about the Indians that would come through there. Um, there's a strip kind of that runs along. I'm trying to think of a parallel road, but kind of through, say, Farnsworth in New York and kind of cuts down through where they found those... Uh, those Civil War bodies down on the other side of the river or on the other side of the tollway years ago. You mm-hmm. don't know about this? Legitimate. People, old folks, older than me knew about it. 
you know, kids used to go down there looking around. There were some Civil War graves. And uh, as they started to develop, they found them. And the, one of the bigger companies in town uh, did everything they could do to make sure that everything was handled properly. But it was a little bit of news for a little bit of time. Right. But just a, a, a weird feel of just weird things going on. And if you talk to some of the other kids from the neighborhood every now and then, someone will kind of give you a little nod of, yeah, something wasn't right over there or things like that. Mm. You know, I'm not talking about ghosts chasing you. Um, there's a building or um, a house that was burned down over kind of behind the same dictograph area when we were kids. and mm. Nobody knows anything about that house. Everyone I grew up with played in that house, knew that neighborhood, did things, would ride our bikes on the old foundation. And now you go there, and even the old people that live there, nobody knows anything about that house ever. There's a few of those little places that have got some history. Some of them are just, you know, maybe it's a nice old lady who collects cats, and all of a sudden it's become the crazy lady over here. Right. But I, I think that if people are going to look for haunted stuff in Aurora, they should look outside of the old buildings. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people here before us, and again, I don't even necessarily believe in this. It's just part of the fabric, right? It's woven in. Isn't there a book called Haunted Aurora? I think that there is. The historical uh, museum. I've seen it, but again, I think it pretty much so. Does it hit on those same things? No, the, the I think it kind of stays with the old courthouses and the old libraries. You know, the things that you'd expect. The movie scripts have been played out a hmm. few times. Interesting. Um, so, hold on one second. The time is now 8.33 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, and we're sitting down with our brother, Diesel. Um, so all the growth that we've seen in Aurora mm -hmm. um, coming up before COVID, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the starting of the constructing of the bridge from Broadway to River. Right. Um, all the cool stuff that was happening at River Edge Park. Mm -hmm. Then we had the trolley taking you up all around town, mm -hmm. Coco Crawl, this, and um, also Paramount shows. Let's not right forget on. Mora coming up before COVID. I'm if you haven't been to the Paramount, whoever's listening or watching the show, go to the Paramount. Go. Even if you got to go in and say, hey, man, i got to use the bathroom real quick, <laughs> just to see the place and understand that that is in this town. Yeah. Um, I'm of the belief that... We'll never get to a, uh, you know, the the we'll never return to normal. I think that that's over. That that kind of COVID talk. Mm -hmm. Oh, when things go back to normal, I don't think that'll ever happen. Mm -hmm. We'll make a new normal. But I see, maybe I'm optimistic. I see a renaissance for Aurora involving all those things. You think that's going to happen anytime soon, or do you think things will stay kind of, you know, we'll have a lack of all of that for a while. I think that new businesses are going to continue to pop up, new places to go, new mm -hmm. places to hang out. People want to do things. They want to interact with people. The restaurants in this town have done a great, great job of accommodating. They have. You know, doing mm -hmm. whatever they can. And, you know, Mora's is a great example of something that's really, really gone over and above. Um, there's been some debate about kind of leveling the playing field so everybody can still make a living you know, with their liquor laws and things like that. And that's that's for the city to handle. They're going to do a great job. But, yeah, I mean, you got to go to your restaurants right now. They're the only thing keeping us normal. Right. Isn't it really? At the end of the day, is the ability to go out and get a burrito? Yeah, now that you mention it, I think maybe it is. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it is because there's not regular foot traffic at the library. Right. So that's not packed. Mm-hmm. Um, even City Hall, I don't think, is operating to full pre-COVID capacity or accessibility. Mm-hmm. You need to be essential right. to get in there. Uh, and they encourage you to use teleservices. So, yeah, I think it is the food that makes people come out. My first time at Mora was with Christine here, and it mm-hmm. was uh, it was awesome. It was a really good right. good vibe, yeah. Socially distanced, and it went over well. Music, good food, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of people were there. That was for the site. All kinds. Fundraiser. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. The other thing from a weird standpoint is, is, you know, Walmart, big company, but they've been doing the drive-ins. Have you seen that? No. Walmart's yes. d- doing a drive-in. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, they got a nod from the city, and, you know, they're doing everything right. Um, Walmart's up there on Kirk, right? Right, yeah. and they've done them at different ones. But I think that just that simple act of putting mom and dad and the kids or, or mom and dad or dad and dad or mom and the kid, whoever it is, the family, putting them in the car and going and watching a movie and seeing other people doing the same thing. And I think that, that this guy's shaking his head over there, man. I think that the tie-in to the old times are going to come back, that that value is going to come back. You're right about that. First two that. weeks of the quarantine. You're right about that. First two days, everyone's like, oh, yeah, I get to hang out with the kids and the dogs, and it's going to be wonderful. About a weekend, you're like, oh, I don't know so much if I like this kid as much as I did when he was born. <laughs> and then you get into the whole, no, this is kind of nice. Everyone's kind of found their own spot. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of settled in. And it does kind of retie that family. People are, we can't go to Disneyland, so let's repaint the let's repaint the living room. As a family. As a family, let's get some new furniture. As a family, right? You know, I don't hate the slowdown. Trust me. Sometimes you need a quart of oil at three in the morning. Walmart's open, but now that they're not, you adjust your schedule. You don't work until. You can't go sit at the bar till midnight anymore. If you want to go sit at the bar, you only got a couple hours after work. So right. make better use of the time. And you got to wear your mask. And you got to wear your mm-hmm. mask. But make better use of the time. And we're too far into this whole thing, okay? You, you got to wear a mask when you go into a restaurant. Don't be a dick to the guy behind the counter. Right. Don't think that for some reason. You know now, right. okay? Everyone knows it sucks. Everybody's got to do it. So we right. shouldn't even have to talk about still being nice to people in service industry you know yeah they don't want to do it either um that's a good point though with shutting down because i found that with working remotely Mm -hmm. that you just kind of keep going and going and going because you can you're working from home Mm -hmm. so then i would quit working about like 6 30 or 7 i'm like well shoot now i'm hungry or i need to go to the grocery store i need to go to walmart and pick something up right but they're closed so it's a great reminder to shut it down at a reasonable time because Mm -hmm. you're just going to keep going and burning out we need a street light app (laughs) <laughs> a little street light comes on your phone, so you know it's time to go home at night. Right. Um, well, somebody would call that government intrusion. I can see it now. But I, I think that what we're finding out as a society is that we don't need to go get a quart of oil at midnight anymore for a pair of jeans or, or kids' school supplies. Right. Well, you always got to run to Walgreens for that poster board. You know what po- I'm talking <laughs> the about. Poster right? board. <laughs> um, door-to-door poster board sales, like during... Uh, class project week, yeah, yeah exactly. Art sales, yeah. <laughs> here you go. Here's some paint and some popsicles. Art, sticks. get your art right here. So, but I, I do. I think that we're finding out we don't need it. I think it's slowing everybody down, and I think that people are starting to be. I think that people, at least one on one, are starting to be nicer to each other. What's the biggest crisis you remember in Aurora in your time? 
re-ask that question, Curtis. I don't know exactly what, what you're looking for. What's the uh, biggest or most memorable crisis or event in Aurora history that you remember you can recall in your lifetime? Aurora. You know, I really don't don't think of much. Nothing's really coming to mind. If you're prompting, just tell me where we're going, man. No, I'm not. Okay. Just, just probing. You know, just just yeah, asking. I, I can't. You it, got a lot of you have a lot of Aurora history. Yeah, and 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 that's another thing is you know we went through through some tough times um, in the early '90s, the late mm-hmm. '80s. You know, with the gang thing coming up and the and the shift in the culture, mm-hmm. but you still didn't feel unsafe. You know. Um, there's been some little things here and there, but nothing that really stands out as a is is like the Pratt shooting. I'm glad to not have an answer to that question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, and and I think that Aurora has handled. I think that Aurora's handled and performed well. They do because at the same it, Curtis. It doesn't matter if if you came over my grandparents from Europe or if you came over from Mexico or or Spain or Poland or any place that someone might have come here. Everybody in this town still likes each other. You know, you might have a political difference with somebody. You might inherently not like somebody because maybe your dad was an asshole and told you not to like him. But everyone kind of gets it. You know, so people do come together. There's there's people... The board up downtown at the riot. Before anyone even had a plan, not that it was their problem, but before there was even a formal plan... People from outside of town were coming to do things. A couple of girls came from Naperville, and it was it was adorable. They'd come with their mom, and they had, like, I don't know, six or eight two-by-fours and their dad's cordless drill, I think. Right. You know? But they knew that they needed to do something. And, and the biggest thing, and I, and I talked about this before, is I saw some folks that you see in town that I'm going to call homeless folks, okay, um, had scooped up some money and went and bought some cheeseburgers to distribute to everybody that's working. And when the bums are going out of their way to help the community, you know that you're in a good place. You know, I've talked about that before. It's There's just a lot of community here. So I bet you we've had more tragedies than we've even known about. Does that make any sense? I think some things that could have really got out of hand got handled by good people that wanted to handle them. How long have you been riding horses? Riding horses or talking about horses? <laughs> I'm in the horse talking about business, Curtis, not so much the riding business. He's in the motorcycle But I've been riding. on one or two. <laughs> uh, tell us about Horse Talk. Horse Talk is the number one non-existent YouTube channel for horse videos and information. We've started with some topics about why horses jump over the fence. We've talked about different breeds of horses. Uh, we've talked recently uh, with Kate uh, Ballard about some saddle fitting and shout out and to Kate. Shout out to Kate and Greg, and how you know you got to fit the saddles to the horses and things. And then we've turned them on to some other political views. So we kind of went away from the barn talk to some other day to day things. Politics and horses? No, no, not necessarily politics. So much as uh, environmental issues. Ah, um, certainly. One of which being uh, recently. Um, how plastic straws make superior nesting uh, materials for birds. Right. And that they don't biodegrade and that birds can, you know, use their those nests for thousands of years. You know, talk about bringing ecology back. Birds don't have to build nests. they got all kinds of free time. 
That's the kind of thing we want. Um, polar bear charities. Uh, not the actual saving of the polar bears, but polar bear charities. Um, if you want a t-shirt with a polar bear on it, you should just buy one. But don't think that your $20 is somehow or another going to buy more ice or salmon. Right. You know, those type of things. Um, we've even talked a little bit about that lady that might have uh, killed her husband with all the tigers. We're not sure about that, but that's the one. <laughs> um, ding. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, horse talk is, uh, it's always kind of been my own little spoof thing um, about a guy not knowing anything about a horse farm and winding up kind of in charge of a whole bunch of horses by happenstance. I was with you one day at a horse farm. Yes. You know, as a young brother growing up in the other city. Not a lot of horses. <laughs> not a lot of horses at right. all. Um, whenever I've been around a horse, mm -hmm. I must admit, I've been intimidated by the sheer strength, power, size of this animal. Mm -hmm. It's not a bear. I don't mm -hmm. have to worry about claws ripping me apart. I don't have mm -hmm. to worry about being mauled mm -hmm. by a lion. I don't even have to worry about the quickness of a monocled cobra bite mm -hmm. combined with the venom. How long did it take you to get over being scared of horses? Were you ever... I'm going to tell you what, Did you Curtis, ever have that kind of fear of a Curtis, horse? Curtis, I was terrified of horses. Okay. Terrified. Horses, okay. Okay. It's not just me. I was in the fixing thing business. Okay. I would walk down the aisle. It, it's important that you know something about horses. Okay. A horse, a properly trained horse, will do anything that you want it to do until it decides not to. That's the key. Yeah. You get the damn things to juggle until they decide they don't want to juggle that day. Right. And then they're like, you know what? I'm just going to push this guy around for a little bit. I was terrified of horses. Okay. And we had come across a situation where. A horse had fallen down in the field and couldn't get back up. And there was immediately, I didn't have the luxury. What are we doing there, Curtis? Not interesting enough for you? Text in there, playing some uh, Tetris or something? Okay. I was looking to see if there was any, uh, okay. any, any questions for you All about right, horses. Got it. Um, this horse had, had been injured and fallen in the field. And it became immediately apparent that I no longer had the luxury of being afraid of horses. Okay. At this point now, we had an, an injured animal that I was afraid of. We had this lady that owned this horse. We had this little girl who's watching the situation go down with her horse. You just weren't given an option. And then the horse is kind of like, hey, thanks for, you know, not letting them, you know, th thanks for taking care of me, so to speak. Right. And every now and then it had come from injured horses. Every time that I ever had a really good experience or really good bonding, it was from an injured horse that decided to, to let you uh, take care of it. I had a buddy just casually mention, you know, I don't know if he saw it on the Internet or some old guy told him in a bar, but he said, you know, the horses came to people. If you think back to Native folks and people over in, in Europe that had horses, no one just said, hey, man, I'm going to go catch that horse, and instead of eating it, I'm going to throw a saddle on it, get a horse blanket, and whole bunch of squeaky horse toys and stick her for the back window of the car. Horse walked up to people and said, hey, man, what's going on? Hmm. You know? So they do have, the fear is, is always there. You always have to be really, really aware of what's going on. Um, but you do get over it quick. And they do become very loving, friendly animals. And I, I've never seen, you know, you can look at your dog in the morning and you already know the dog did something wrong or this or that. Or they, they got that loving affection. But I've never seen an animal truly bond emotionally with somebody like a horse does. Hmm. 
they could you can walk down the aisle and and go past every one of them. Every one of them will acknowledge you that day in their own special special way. Yeah. So. Diesel, you're also a motorcycle enthusiast. I am also a motorcycle enthusiast. What do you do? Um, I ran an independent shop for quite a few years, um, and now I'm working with the Cycle Vision Network Project with Kenny Abbott and Daniel Lowe and some other great guys. Uh, Christy Emmons. Right on. And what we're doing is we're bringing a little bit different perspective to uh, motorcycle racing, motorcycling as a whole, um, and trying to get some crossover into the industry. Folks mm-hmm. like yourself that might not be into motorcycles, um, what what it does... Um, how to get that interest. We had taken some friends for the first time to the races a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was an 11-year-old boy and his uh, mother from England, Greg and Greg's family with Kate there. And they'd never seen this. And to just see the excitement on a little kid's face as these bikes come flying by, it, it, it's just a great feeling. You are, know, these, are these bikes from all kinds or just like motocross? These are, these are road motorcycle racing okay. bikes. These are super bikes mostly from Japanese manufacturers. Mm-hmm. The... They're all ninjas if you don't know what you're talking about. Yes, they're the they're the ninja he, he bikes. He seems I don't know what I'm talking about on that. One. <laughs> so, in any case, um, yeah. But more importantly, the project is going to be an advertising platform for companies to to get a full gamut rather than coming into the, hey, we like motocross or we like um, superbike racing or we like Harley's. You know, so mm-hmm. we're going to give a platform to everybody to to equally share in the dollars, and again to bring awareness. Um, again, we have Motorcycle Awareness Month. We don't need to do that, people. Look out for motorcycles. No one wants to get hit, and no one wants to hit anyone. I have a hard time believing that anyone that ever goes out in a car wants to kill somebody that day or even ruin their day. Um, but that's a little bit of it. You know, I'm working with some other projects here and there. Um, getting some things done, but basically just kind of uh, trying to help the world out and get other people's projects launched right now. Nice. How'd you get the name Diesel? Okay, Curtis, this is a funny story here. <laughs> um, we're all adults in the room. So I had spent quite a few ti- uh, years on a motorcycle at this point, and um, I was out with some friends, um, not necessarily being a responsible adult, but having a few uh, adult sodas out on the bike with a group of friends. It was a Honda. Chilling. It wasn't a Harley. Chilling. Okay. Chilling. May have been, um, I don't know if left-handed cigarette is a term that we know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But in any case, I had pulled Super o- chilling. I had pulled over, and I had started to fill my, uh, my motorcycle up with the diesel fuel at the pump. And normally this would be in a case where a guy would go, hey, we'd made this mistake, um, and I'd like to figure out how to rectify it. And you call your buddies. You say, hey, man. Uh, That would be great if you had regular buddies. My buddies are kind of assholes. So they decide to announce to the other 200 people that are out there with this this day that I have now put diesel fuel in my motorcycle and I'm now holding up the entire crowd. Oh. Okay? So I didn't even know half of these people. You know, you know the five or six guys you leave with this day. Right. But we're out in Sycamore, and um, I walked in the door, and my buddy had carefully announced over the microphone that here comes the diesel boy. (laughs) <laughs> okay. This had gone on forever. This a stranger in a store. Hey, you're that diesel guy. This and that and the other thing. So it had just kind of been one of those things that stuck. It stuck. I've always told people, and a guy in the military told me this: that if a guy's got a really cool nickname, he did something stupid to deserve it. Ha! <laughs> Gunner probably shot himself in the foot in basic yeah, training. You know, that's true. 
<laughs> that is true. So lefty probably doesn't have a left hand. Right. Um, <laughs> actually, I, I, the backstory is that I had a sign outside when I opened the motorcycle shop. I had a big sign outside that said Anton's, and people kept coming in for haircuts. So I figured I needed to do something a little different. <laughs> Slip better bike name than Anton. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Right. I get it. So, um, as we go into twenty twenty one, i i have I have reservations. I do. Now, about going into twenty twenty one in general, or well, no, I want to get there. <laughs> okay, but, uh, but this was the intervention we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's you and I have had so many conversations about so many right topics of which we can't get them all onto an hour long show. Right on. Many of which will probably be a little bit too risque for a family show this early in the morning. Right on. What I do want to hammer home and get more of your perspective on, though, is what we want our sandbox to look like what everybody playing in it in a metaphorical sense you know what we want the city our neighborhood our lives our little slice of the pie to look like what what needs to happen what needs to happen what does diesel think needs oh, to happen this is an easy one the biggest thing that needs to happen is that people that went camping together worked on art shows together had dinner together went to people's family picnics <laughs> together need to stop arguing Stop saying bad shit about each other and just kind of go back to where people were. There's too much infighting over politics, um, racial issues that do or don't exist. I don't mean to undermine that by any means, but people turn in a blind eye to somebody that's been friends with them for 20 years because they have a different view on if you should be wearing a mask in a house, you know? Um... Just those type of things is I think that everyone needs to just hit the rewind button. How did we get here? We're taking, we're taking potentially, I'm going to use the word art shows, okay, in a big encompassing thing that used to be about people's expression and about people's community and we're turning in political things, which is great. I get the, the need of art to express that, but... We're now looking at destroying these things because people have become so angry at each other they don't want to work together anymore. You know, we've all deleted that Facebook friend, you know, and a lot of it, some of it isn't, you know, I've seen this guy's tattoos. I know he's a hateful guy, but now I realize this guy's an idiot too. Yeah. You know, some of that is just, it, it's got to stop. Do you think this is coming out because of social media, or do you think these arguments are still happening face-to-face? -face? They don't happen face-to-face. -face. We all know that. So it's more of just people going they online and just voicing we, their we opinion. Could have, we, we could have uh, um, the guy who runs the boxing club has been around forever. Jesse. Right on. We rent the place from him. We get everyone who wants to argue on Facebook, take charity auction for it, boom, punch each other in the face a few times, give the money to Mary Wilkinson, and away we go. All right, let's do some good out of it. But no, it, it's people—it's people being ugly to each other because they don't see each other face to face. Mm -hmm. One, because mm -hmm. of the COVID. Two, because there's more time to sit and look at Facebook. You know, if you're working from home, let's be honest. Every now and then, it squeaks up. Um, the whole thing is that people just need to rewind. What were we all doing a year ago? 
we were all sitting down here behind Treadwell having dinner together. All right. Prior to the folks that are down there now, they somebody had their 50th birthday in an alley that people used to come to do God knows what in downtown Aurora. We got lights up. We got a long table of people in the community. Chocolate all cake at. with the blueberry sauce inside of the chocolate. Right there. Right there. Right. It was good as hell. So, yeah, yeah, right on. So what happened to those people in between now and then that they stopped talking to each other, they stopped supporting each other? How's a guy who works and supports an artist for his entire career then get slammed by that artist for something he had no control over? Or how does somebody... Everybody's already had their own my neighbor's fence is too close to my yard argument. Those are never going to go away. But... We all want the city to prosper, okay? We all want people to want to come to our city, okay? We all want to be able to walk safely down the streets, and we want, you know, a way to make a living. We were doing that. It was happening. It was totally, totally happening. And then all this stuff happened, and people decided that rather than come together, they decided to be ugly to each other. Time is now 8.57 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. And we are joined by our brother and friend, Horse Talk and CVN, Psychovision Network, Diesel. Um, it's Wednesday. Before we end the show, what do people need to take with them today? What's the message of the day? Curtis, it's the same message every time I close the show. Be nice to the bums. All right. We got a lot of homeless folks in this town. However they became there, whether they be mentally ill, whether they just decided fuck it i like halloween i like free candy i'm gonna do this for a living um but be nice to them you don't have to give them money you do have to give them respect their people so be nice to everyone yeah just make some positive changes uh it's going to make a difference You running for Miss America? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> work it up here a little bit. You put me on the spot. He's That's busy the doing sound. That's He's busy do. doing sound. Double down on the niceness and eliminate the negative. You've been listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. Check us out tomorrow as we have community partner and friend Joel Frieders on the show. Got a lot more to come. Friday we will be at Cottonseed Creative Exchange going live again. Thank you to everyone who made the show possible. Thank you to all of our listeners and supporters. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up with more cool content coming soon. Don't peace. forget your Horse Talk t-shirts. I said peace. Did I throw that in there? <laughs> no, Is it no, okay? It's a, no, too late. <laughs>